0: The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is christians who acknowledge these with their lips and walk out the door and deny them by their lifestyle that is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable hey welcome back to winds of change i'm your host keith mckenzie and uh we're back at our bible study and uh we want to start this off with prayer uh, i hope you were blessed last week uh if you missed uh, last week's show. This is the uh, second installment in the uh, wisdom of the cross. Have you been to the cross? Um, so let's just start right off in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for uh, this opportunity, Lord. I thank you for the people who are tuning in. I pray, Father, that you would give us eyes and ears to both see and hear what your spirit has to say to us through your word. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week we talked about sin, the effects of sin, where sin began in the Garden of Eden and how it's spread to all mankind like a disease. And, and then we had a test at the end, and we'll have another test today. Um, at the end of this, and in the weeks to come, we'll be demonstrating all kinds of Needs and uh, that, that that we have, and and how God who is rich in mercy, uh, our Father in heaven, He is rich. I'm talking, you know, loaded, but He's He's rich in mercy. Now, how many of us are um, bankrupt? Uh, houses are going down, uh, car sales are down everything's on the decline in America and, and America is sick and, and she has a, a sin problem and I lay America's problems at the foot of the church because the church by and large has become ineffective at communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ that's true and, and America would not be where she is today in a state of apostasy and decline and, and, and in most respects we are a post Christian nation no longer a Christian nation we still have some freedoms for some time to enjoy preaching the gospel but most people are really uninterested and that's sad and I blame the church, all church. I assign the blame at the foot of the church, pulpits that are weak, ineffective, and in a lot of ways, just outright cowards who don't want to address sin. Now, what we have right here, in Romans chapter 1, Paul spends the first seven chapters of Roman where he outlines sin and the need of man and how all man and I want you to get this, all men fall short of God's standard. God's standard is holy, separate, perfect. We all fall short of that. That's what sin means. It means falling short of the mark. Some of us never even get off the launching pad and a lot of us, even though we might live... In our own eyes, very moral lives, uh, and you know we try and do what's right. But you know what? God says that that in His sight, and 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 I don't want this to sound crude, but He says it's 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 our our righteousness, our works is like filthy rags. And you know the truth is, if if you belong to a church and or you belong to a denomination that says i did uh, x y z and uh... i attend church and you know i gave ten bucks every week for my whole life that in some way that that puts you in good favor with god um, No, it, it, that's good we're supposed to do good works but that's not what saves us um, if, if those type of things saved us, then, then Jesus wouldn't have to die for us. And we're in the midst of our, our study on, on the wisdom of the cross, and I want to know, have you been to the cross? So we're going to start off today in Romans chapter 1. And it says in verse 15, So as much is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to those who are in Rome also. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing this epistle to the, uh, the saints who are in Rome. Now, not from anything I've been able to t- tell, uh, Paul didn't plant this church in, in Rome. And it really we really don't know that, that Peter or anybody else did it. There were probably, uh, in best estimations, people who were around during Pentecost that brought this back. And Paul longs to see these people and bestow some teachings on them. But what he does is in Romans, and I tell you what, if you only read one book in the Bible this year, read Romans. It is uh, the best explanation on Christian doctrine and understanding of, of man's plan and God's plan for man. It is truly a blessing. And, and Romans 8.28 is the absolute crescendo, the holy of holies of uh, the New Testament version of uh, the Bible. And, and, and we'll get to that because I, it's not all bad news, people. It's that God wants you to know that he loves you. And, but you know what? Uh, we have need. And he's our doctor. And he's going to examine us. And so we have right here, for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god to salvation for everyone who believes for the jew first and also for the greek for in it that's the gospel is the righteousness of god revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith now that little phrase right there the just shall live by faith is a cornerstone uh, in three epistles, um, Hebrews, I believe, uh, Galatians, and, 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 and here in Romans, where it talks about um, from Habakkuk two four, where where you know Paul says you know he's expanding on this, where he says the just shall live by faith. Well, how how are we justified? How how can you know we be justified if if what I'm saying is true, that all men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which the Bible clearly teaches. And if God is righteous and holy and we're separate, you know, sin separates us from God, God has a problem. How does a righteous God reconcile himself to a fallen Humanity, which in most ways just really doesn't even care. You know, and they, they're unaware of where they are. Well, that's where the wisdom of the cross comes in. It's the, the wisdom of the cross that God reconciles man to himself through the veil of his own flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. God became a man... And that's what the Bible says in, in, in John, the Gospel of John. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then down further in verse 14, and it says, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the Bible also teaches that, that Jesus uh, became sin like the brass serpent that Moses held up in the wilderness when all the people were complaining and moaning not that that goes on anymore in the world today I'm sure none of you are complaining that your lights were out and you know you didn't have heat and, and, and you got laid off and you know it's, it's part of the human condition and, and I suffer from it too but back then in, in Exodus and I, I, I'm sorry, I think it was Numbers, where, um, you know, the, the people were complaining against the Lord, and He sent fiery serpents, and they began to bite the, the complainers. And, and they were dying. And so they cried out. They knew that they sinned, and so they, they, they began to, you know, confess their sins. And, and so the Lord told Moses to make a, a brass serpent. Now, brass represents judgment. And he was told to put it on a pole and lift it up. And he said, anybody who looks at it, just by looking at it, and that was their faith in action, looking to that, he said that they will be healed. And as many as dead were healed. Now, that's exactly what we have with, with Jesus and the cross. And I have to ask you a question. Does your pastor, does your church... And I don't care what church you go to. Do they talk about Jesus? Do they talk about Jesus shed blood? Do they talk about Jesus became sin for you? He who knew no sin became sin? The Bible says cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus became a curse for us. Taking that curse as we discussed last week, back in Genesis, the curse that was pronounced, God already knew. He said back then, He said, I'm going to send the seed of the woman, which was the first prophecy of Jesus Christ, would be a virgin-born man, a perfect man. And He would bruise or crush the head of the serpent. Now, here in Romans Paul outlines the pagan man's need the gentile man who knew, who was alienated from the covenants and promises that the Jews had with God he says they're under sin the Jews even with the law and everything that they had now the law was given to show us like a mirror that that we're sinners. That's what the law was for. The law demonstrates that we're sinners. Just take a cursory glance at those Old Testament laws, see if you can keep them. Not, not even close. Can't be done. That's because we're incapable of doing it. That shows our human condition. But that's where God is rich in mercy. That's why if we look to Jesus on that cross, just like we we talked a little bit about the two thieves, at first they were both hurling insults at the Lord Jesus. And after a while, one kept yapping, and the other one said, hey, we're getting what we deserve. He said, but this man... He did nothing. And in his waning moments, and maybe you're in your waning moments, maybe you're sick, maybe you're old, maybe you've been burning the candle of, of sin your whole life. You've done things you know are wrong, you've hurt people, you know, sin, you, you see the ravage of sin, not only in your life, but your family's life. And, and, and people have hurt and you're estranged from each other and you've burned the candle for the devil your whole life and Satan's waiting you're not going to live forever but blow that candle out in the devil's face you've burned it your whole life for him Blow the smoke out in his face. Receive Jesus Christ into your life. It's never too late. Just like that thief on the cross, he, even when he was crucified next to him, hurled insults, but in his last few hours, repented. That means he turned from what he was doing and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That was his confession, and Jesus said to him, He said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. And that's the offer that Jesus gives every one of us. He wants to take your filthy rags, your your garbage, your debt, your credit card debt of sin in your life, and He wants to wipe it all out. A Jubilee. God wants to do great things in your life. Just trust Him. That's what the whole Bible's about. It's all about that. And it says right here, "...for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them." for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made that's creation including the heavens and the earth they declare the glory of God and there's no way you can look at creation God says and not know the incredible complexity of all of creation just our human DNA screams blueprint Uh, that didn't happen by chance and that is the myth of evolution and that's we're going to have to do a whole series on that someday because evolution is a lie from Satan I have some some documentation from uh, New Agers who who channeled information from so-called angels but they are really demons uh, what they are saying is that the divine angel of evolution, and you can look up this on our website. I have some uh, articles up on this called Neocon. Uh, the, the, the con is, is that evolution, if, if we were amoebas, then, and we've been a volume through the billions of years, um, eventually there's, there's godhood. That this is we are we're not done evolving yet that, you know we've got to go this way you know and and that's the lie of the new age and that's the lie that we discussed last week in genesis chapter 3 where satan tells eve you shall be like god no that is the first lie the bible says you know god says i tell you the end from the beginning well that's what happened in the beginning we know you know based on what God's word said and that's how God establishes who he says he is how we can believe who he says he is because everything he said is true he is the spirit of truth and satan is the spirit of error he's a liar we discussed that last week and it says here um by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God nor were thankful, and they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, that's what's happened to the world today, and that's what's happening in America right now. God's saying, You rejected me, you're kicking me out of school, you know, you take the Ten Commandments down. Boy, you know, with kids shooting each other in high schools, we certainly wouldn't want to have anything up on the walls that said, Thou shalt not kill. I mean, it's crazy how, how this once Christian nation, in just a cursory review of American history, establishes that this nation was founded by godly men who made our Constitution and our laws... And you can go back right here in Massachusetts. Even Harvard was a seminary. It was one of the first seminaries to teach people the Word of God and to get the Word of God out. That was America's original call. We've, uh, We've decided to do things our own way, and God says, go ahead, try it your way. But He says, your foolish hearts will be darkened because although we knew God we didn't glorify him as God we say it's evolution or it's divine something it's it's folly it's complete folly but anyway i i want you to see this during exodus the children of Israel are delivered they come out of Egypt and then they go through and and they go through some of the things you've probably seen uh, the movies Uh, but what happens is uh, Amalek who's uh, the grandson of Esau who's the twin brother of Jacob who becomes Israel Israel goes into bondage and slavery in Egypt. And the grandson of Esau, his brother, when they're coming back into the land as a nation now, as God promised, Amalek attacks them from behind. A real snake move. And so the Lord commands Moses to go out and fight against Amalek. And then there's this wonderful scene where the armies of Israel go out to meet the armies of Amalek. And this is a spiritual principle I want you to understand. Moses goes up to the mountain with Aaron and Hur. And it says that, well, Moses stretched out his hands. It says Israel prevailed, but when his hands got weary and he came down, it says Amalek prevailed. When Jesus was on the cross, they nailed his hands. And he prevailed over sin. (laughs) The wisdom of the cross, they nailed Jesus' hands in a winning position. And, and the Bible says, talking about the principalities, it says, "...for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory." Now, each one of us, as we've already demonstrated, is a sinner. We've all lied. We've all lusted for, for things in our life, whether it's uh, somebody else's wife or husband uh, you know, for, for money, for, for things. We've, you know, we're in an obvious state of sin. And it only takes, as we've described, that chain. If we break it, we fall. And, and Jesus, with the wisdom of the cross, said, had they known, being the principalities, the demons who who were controlling the, 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 the men, because Jesus came and fulfilled 300 specific prophecies about His first coming. Now, I have a lot to say about His second coming, which for every prophecy of His first coming, which there was 300, there are seven about His second coming. Jesus told the people of his time, when he looked out over Jerusalem, he says, as he wept for a city, he said, had you known this thy day? Now there's another day coming called that day. But that's not for a topic of programming today. That's coming. But you can find those things on our website. You see those up on the screen. But the wisdom... I want you to get this. said, had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, it was a legal matter. Legally speaking, death had a legal right for anybody who sinned to take that person, death. Jesus never sinned. I I always try and imagine it like this, that there's this file on each one of us. All our sins in there. All these deeds. That's what the Bible says. There's a book written on each one of us. The things that we've done in the flesh and out of the flesh. And when they go, give me that file on Jesus of Nazareth. And they look at it. Nothing in there. Not one single sin. None of us can say that. So death. Undid itself when they crucified the Lord of glory. That's why he was able to raise from the dead. They had taken him in offense. And in the book of Revelation it says, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of hell and death. They lost their legal right. Jesus purchased us. On the cross. Accept them now into your heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to know you better. I want to grow in your word. I want to get to know you. You are the true and living God. And you can get to know him right here on the word. Say, I believe that you died. And rose again. Just like the Bible says. That's the gospel. For if you believe in your hearts that Jesus died and rose again, you'll be saved. But what am I saved from? Death. Eternal separation from God. And God gives you life. Life eternal. He wants to be with you. All right? He offers the truth. Receive Him. And I hope you'll come back next week when we continue our study on the wisdom of the cross. And I want to know have you been to the cross? Thanks for tuning in. God bless.